1: What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Cody here, and I wanted to welcome on, for the first time, very special guest from The Athletic, James Boyd. James, thanks for coming on, man. Welcome to
2: the show. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Obviously excited about what's to come this season in Indy.
1: Yeah, man, for sure. And it has been one of those off-seasons, man, where... You know, we've had some quiet off-seasons in the past, and this was kind of your second year on the beat, but we've had some pretty wild off-seasons. This one definitely was one of those ones where there was a lot of questions going in. Colts obviously made a lot of moves, you know, internally re-signing a few of their own guys, externally, you know, bringing in some outside guys from free agency, and then obviously the 12 players they brought in via the draft. So lots of fresh faces here in Indianapolis. And James, lots of questions with the Colts, you know, uh and unfortunately, you know, your first year you had to experience the absolute chaos that was the 2022 Colts. Uh talk to me about that, man. Just your experience coming in, covering the NFL. Cause I know I think you did NBA coverage for a while. Um, uh, what was that experience like, man, covering the Colts th- this last year?
2: Yeah, it was truly eye-opening. Everything that Zach Kiefer and Stephen Holder and Mike Chappell and all the other guys told me about how it would go. They're all liars. Um, (laughs) It did not go like that at all. Um, But I think from an experience standpoint, I guess if you're going to have any season to start off with, from an experience standpoint, it was good because you dealt with the good, the bad, the coaching changes, the trades, um, quarterback changes, all of the above, which ultimately led to a very high draft pick, Anthony Richardson. So it was a tough transition, but I liked it and I enjoyed it because – One of the things, and there's pros and cons to both leagues that I covered, which was the NBA with the Pacers and then now the Colts in the NFL, is that the NFL, every game matters. So you're never going to have just a random Tuesday or Wednesday game where, you know, it doesn't really matter in the standings or everyone's kind of dragging. No, you get up for every game in the NFL. And the only time players sit or load manage is when you have your spot secured in the playoffs, which is very, very rare. Usually... You can count on your best players playing every week. So I enjoyed that and just how much goes into every week. And so that was eye-opening to me because after every win, there's so much joy. Even like only having four wins last year, the locker room was still pretty you know, uh, amped up after a win because you put so much into it. You put a week's worth of your time, your effort into it. And then the losses obviously were very hard. And unlike the NBA, like I said, where – you go on a four game losing streak. It's okay, whatever. We'll bounce back. You go on a four game losing streak in the NFL, and your season could be on the rocks. And so that was a uh, eye opening for me, but a lot of fun nonetheless. And I got a chance to really, you know, learn how to cover the NFL. You know, I'm still learning, build relationships with the players, you know, personnel, coaches, things like that. So I feel better equipped for year two, which I would assume is more stable because they have a new coach, they have a new quarterback. They're not going to get rid of any, any of these guys anytime soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, with with the team you saw last year, with we are obviously knew some of the major weaknesses of this team, you know, namely the quarterback. You know, there's just the entire offense. It seemed like in general last year for Indianapolis. Um, now that you've seen them a year, now you see what they've done uh, in the offseason, I kind of wanted to talk, and, and obviously, you know, this is May. Like we don't know a lot of these things how they're going to pan out, but I wanted to kind of talk about some things that we'd probably consider like the strengths of the Colts roster, things that we would say are probably still weaknesses and maybe one or two things that we're kind of like, it's a wild card, you know, it's a wild card because we don't know it could be good. It could not be good. So I wanted to start with some of the strengths. Um, what were some of the strengths maybe even you saw last year, or you feel like maybe were not necessarily strengths last year that the Colts really emphasized this year to adding to, and really making sure that, that turned into a strength.
2: I think that, Defensively, there were some positives, a lot more positive on that side of the ball than on Mm -hmm. offense last year. And although they got rid of Stefan Gilmore, trading him away to Dallas, and their back end is going to be really young and really experienced, I do think that you have some great players in the trenches Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner, who can anchor that defensive line. You know, you added Samson, Ibukam, and I mean, Ibukam, and he's also. Another player who should have an impact. You got Aditamo Adabare from Northwestern, who is a freak athlete that you added. So I like what they've done, you know, with the defensive line. And then I think just a second year in the Gus Bradley system should be good for everyone. Obviously, you have a lot of newcomers coming in with the rookies and things like that. But, you know, I expect Isaiah Flowers to have a bigger season, a bigger role. I expect Dallas Flowers to possibly, you know, take a step forward as well. So Those are some of the things where you look at the defense, you are like, okay, we can build upon this or we can at least be, you know, respectable. I do think they're going to struggle and pass defense because they're so young on the back end and so inexperienced. But again, you have some leaders on that side of the ball. Zaire Franklin, you know, you hope that Shaquille Leonard can come back and be healthy. If you have those pieces in place and you have a defense that should help you win, you know, some games and then offensively, I think the biggest strength is just having a healthy Jonathan Taylor. If he's healthy, that changes everything. It felt like last year he just never could get fully healthy, and then once the ankle kind of got messed up, it was nagging him. You know, we'll see if he's out there for OTA later this week, along with Shaq and others. But for me, it was just making sure, at least if I'm management, if I'm the coaching staff, you hope that he's back to 100% pretty soon just because of what he can do for your offense, not only just by himself as an individual because he's a great player, what he can do to alleviate the pressure on Anthony Richardson and others. And so um, I would say the one other thing that I'm looking at, maybe not as like a strength or maybe so is like tight end. What do you do there? Like can Jelani Woods take a step forward? Cause if he does, I know we talk about Shane Steichen, what he could do for Anthony Richardson, what he could do for Jonathan Taylor, what he could do for Pittman? But man, it really intrigues me, Cody, to see what he could do with Jelani Woods because of how versatile he is, how big he is, how fast he is, and um, how motivated he is. So we'll see how that goes. But I do think um, those are some of the strengths of the team on the field. And then as far as the coaches, you have to feel very good about what you got with Shane Steichen, what he's able to do with quarterbacks throughout his career, what he's brought in to do with this quarterback Anthony Richardson. And um, I'm sure there's going to be ups and downs and things like that, but um there should be more positives than negatives i think on the minds of Colts fans.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Talk about Woods, man. I tell you, a guy that size should not be able to move the way that he does. It's it's freakish, man. It's it's insane.
2: Now, he's a beast and he is i can say this about a couple of guys on the team. One of the nicest guys ever. <laughs> um and i think that he went through a lot last year. You know, he had an injury there for a while. I think it was a shoulder. Um then he had obviously what happened at Virginia with his former teammates and things like that. So that weighs on you from a personal standpoint. So I think entering this year, you know, um, I'm not going to say like dismissing what happened to your buddies because that's never going to be forgotten about, but just being more at peace with whatever has happened and kind of having a clear mind will help a lot. And so um, again, very high character person and he was already talking, you know, last time we talked to him, he talked about how detailed Shane Steichen is and how, you know, he could tell him why he, didn't get the proper separation on a route because it was something as little as like his foot being pointed, you know, not to the perfect angle and things like that, which I think will trickle down not only to Jelani Woods from Shane Steichen, but to the rest of the team to help them um, develop that chemistry, that culture that ultimately leads to winning.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we seem to forget, um, or at least some people maybe do because I, I don't know if you saw, there was like an article or something came out where the Colts had like something like the fourth worst, roster in the NFL and I was kind of like like I get it there's flaws there on this team but people seem to forget the Colts didn't have like literally a scheme offensively hardly at all for almost half the season right I mean Jeff Saturday came in and I mean to his credit won one game but then I mean you basically didn't have an offense for a good chunk of the season or a legit scheme out there so I think you're right in that like Shane Steichen comes in what he can provide offensively just things that like you just didn't have last year and just talking about the major upgrade that's going to be just getting guys in positions to where they need to be and and positions to win and make plays. So I think that's a huge deal. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it was, it was tough. I mean, it was tough sledding last year. And I do think even with that, there were some games they just should have won that mm-hmm. they blew. And so you run it back this year with some pieces that are still there And I think if you look at the talent on paper, the Colts have enough to be in a lot of games given their schedule isn't the hardest um, either. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they were to get to seven wins or something like that. Like I have them at five just because I expect Anthony Richardson to play a lot and for him to kind of have some ups and downs, maybe not be able to pull out some of those wins. But there is no reason for them to, in my opinion, be like a bottom feeder in the league this season where they're just not in any games, not competing, and not winning. Um, To me, the Cardinals roster is the worst in the league at the moment. Houston's roster is still worse than the Colts. And, again, you have Jonathan Taylor. For the sake of this argument I'm making, if Shaquille Leonard is back healthy, he's the biggest question mark. I truly don't know what's going on with him. We'll find out more with OTAs. But if he's healthy, you got Michael Pittman Jr. You know, you have Alec Pierce. You have some pieces there. And then defensively, like I say, you got Buck and Grove in the trenches, you have pieces there that should keep you in some games and help you beat, you know, Houston, for example. You didn't win a game against Houston last year. You should win a game against them. The Titans look weakened from last year to this year. You should get a game off them. And so these are the things that I'm talking about where I think that, um, you know, maybe you don't judge the season off wins and losses, but you do judge it off of the wins and losses you take in certain matchups. Like there's no reason you shouldn't be able to get a game off of the teams that aren't doing very well and a lot of teams on their schedule didn't make the playoffs last year so again they have the talent to compete which is why I don't think they're going to be you know picking that high again in the foreseeable future it might be another top 10 pick but to me I would be shocked if it's like a top three pick unless you know uh they just aren't able to get anything going or anything together
1: Yeah, absolutely. We can move on to some of the weaknesses, though, James, because there are flaws with this roster for sure. What would you say are some of the biggest weaknesses right now going into this season that you would say for the Colts roster as it's currently constructed?
2: I would definitely say the offensive line. And I know Tony Sperano Jr. was brought in as the new offensive line coach. They think very highly of him. However, I just – man, it it makes me a little – antsy when I hear Chris Ballard say he's got some things he's working on or, you know, some, some, they'll explore the veteran route or things like that. Cause to me, the only part about the draft that I could be critical of, cause I thought it was a great draft overall and I'm picking it, you know, uh, little things here and there, but I was like, man, they didn't go offensive line early.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
2: I thought they could have had a chance to get, you know, Cyrus Torrance from Florida to be your sure thing right guard in the second round. You went defensive back, which is another big need. That's fine. But to me, that offensive line gave up 60 sacks last season, the second most in the NFL. You cannot have them perform like that again and expect a rookie quarterback to be growing behind them. And so that's the biggest weakness to me. Now, it could change with coaching, you know, maybe some of the players themselves just bounce back, but to me, they need a true competition in camp, unlike last season where Chris Ballard basically banked on a bunch of unproven guys getting it all together, you know, in unison, that did not work. They rotated the offensive line way too much early in the season last year. I think Bernard our is taking some steps forward, you know, but I still expect him or he should be expected to compete for his spot. I don't think he's good enough to just hand him it. And then the same thing with right guard with Will Fries, no offense to him, but I do think that there are serious questions about if he's a starting caliber right guard, in the nfl and if you try to upgrade there and so that to me is the biggest weakness the offensive line everything starts in the trenches if you can't protect anybody everything else you know goes down the drain even with how mobile anthony richardson is and even um how mobile Gardner Minshew is if he's in there for some time and then i would say the other weaknesses i'm looking at i touched on a little bit already defensive back you're young you're inexperienced you're going to get picked on a lot And um, the only veteran you have in that room right now is Kenny Moore, who is coming off the most strugglesome season of his career. And so you wonder how he fits in Gus Bradley's scheme again, which doesn't really utilize nickelbacks, which is the position he's excelled at. So those two are probably the biggest weaknesses that I see. There are other weaknesses with this team. Obviously you want to upgrade at wide receiver and things like that, but I think that um, they address those pretty well. And Josh Downs is the guy, offensively, I expect to possibly make an impact um, quicker than Anthony Richardson would because he seems like a plug-and-play player right now. All right. Um, And then, James,
1: let's move on to some of the positions that we would say are kind of the wild cards, right? We don't know. They could be really good. They could have their struggles. We just don't know right now where they currently stand with the room like where they're going to be exactly. So what would be some of those positions for you where you're like, it's kind of a toss-up right now for where they currently are?
2: Quarterback. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. And I say this as someone who, you know, as the writer, you want to see the top pick play as soon as possible. But I do think that there has to be some serious consideration given to Gardner Minshew, his grasp of the offense. And quite frankly, if the gap is so big, that you have to play him. And I understand that fans want to see Anthony Richardson right away. I'm sure ownership does as well, Jim Irsay, but it's not a stretch to say, you know, I've been really high on Anthony Richardson. I think he's a great young man and he's a hard worker and things like that. But it's not an insult or crazy to say that he just might not be ready to play week one, even given, you know, training camp, OTAs and things like that, because. He's so raw. Um, he's not a prospect you're used to seeing from any aspect, really, because he's so talented as far as the physical attributes. But then he doesn't have the resume to back up any of that. You know, he wasn't a great college player. And so I think that you know that's a huge question about going into the season is if you go Gardner Minshew as a starter, then how do you bring Anthony Richardson along as the backup when, you know, football practices, Cody, you can't give a bunch of snaps to the backup either you kind of have to you know funnel them all to the number one and so that'll be something that we monitor as it goes on and then also with other you know toss-up positions I think that tight end is one I think that Jelani Woods and Ali Cox do you go with the veteran or do you go with the guy who has in my opinion the most upside in that room and then those are the things that I kind of look at as far as being toss ups. and even I'll throw one more out there is does Darius Rush have a chance to sneak in there and become a starter. I know that the expectation is for, at least in my eyes, is for Juju Brents to start, Kenny Moore to start. Who's gonna be that third that third cornerback? You know, is it Dallas Flowers or does Darius Rush have a chance to win that job in camp and prove that uh, you know, after he slipped in the draft that he shouldn't have slipped and he's as good as he was or advertised in South Carolina. And so those are the things that I'm looking at as far as some of the matchups just to keep an eye on position battles, things like that. And um, I'm excited for it. And even, you know, a guy like Blake Freeland, does he get a chance to kind of pop in camp and have a chance to possibly start or get in the rotation as, you know, one of the top five offensive linemen for the team. So we'll see. I'm excited about it. I know OTAs will give us just a little tease. We only have availability for one day throughout OTAs. And so it's not like we can be out there every single day just yet, but as soon as camp rolls around, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of, you know, uh, material to kind of dissect and things like that. Joint practice with Chicago Bears, things like that to, you know, just help um, give us better educated guesses. Awesome.
1: Well, thanks, James. Really appreciate you coming on, man. It was a pleasure. And where can people find your work and the stuff that you do over there at The Athletic?
2: You can check out my work at RomeovilleKid on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all of the above. And then you can also check out my work at TheAthletic.com. You know, just search Colts, search James Boyd. Um, I have some things coming up the sleeve. I'm sure you all be very excited about. I can't spill the beans just yet, but just know that I'm working hard, um, trying to honor what Zach Kiefer has left behind. He, You know, he ditched me, but uh, it should be fun. I'm excited for year two and what's to come and to document, you know, what could be a, a pretty special you know, career starting off with Anthony Richardson.
1: Awesome. Well, yeah, guys, be sure to go check out his work over there. Thanks, James. Really appreciate you coming on, man. Always a pleasure. Off we'll to do it again soon. Um, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. And as always, guys, go Colts.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.